Welcome to the Rena Malik MD podcast, where we explore health and demystify the complex to improve your quality of life. I'm Dr. Rena Malik, urologist and pelvic surgeon. Today, our guest is Dr. Kelly Kasperson, a good friend and fellow board-certified urologist. She has dedicated her career to educating women about sexual health. She has a wildly successful podcast called You Are Not Broken, has written a book as well called You Are Not Broken, has a number of courses available, and a TEDx talk talking about adult sexual education. She is a world of information about sexual health and talks today with us about ways to increase pleasure in the bedroom. We specifically discuss what are some tips to increasing pleasure in the bedroom, talking about is desire necessary, as well as female anatomy, using lubricants and communication. We hope that you will enjoy today's podcast and learn a great deal. I wanted to share a little bit about your story about how you got into sexual medicine, because it's so interesting that this is something that you found so much passion in. Yeah, I was just a regular urologist doing regular urology things. I was seeing a lot of female. You know, so I already had the experience of hearing all their stories. But really, I had a patient who I treated for bladder cancer. And she came in and she was just bawling in my office that the intimacy in her marriage was gone, even though it was a great marriage. She didn't desire sex. She never wanted to have sex. Just crying. And I had a box of Kleenex and no other skills at all. And so, I, like, because of her, I was like, I've got to figure this out. Somebody has to know something. And so it turns out lots of people know lots of things. It just hasn't permeated into our general culture yet. Yes, yes. I definitely agree with you on that. I think female sexual dysfunction is swept under the rug. I mean, insurances don't even pay for the care that these patients need. So it's really an amazing thing that you're doing, an amazing service that you're providing to the community. So thank you so much. Thank you. It's a lot of fun. And and we're so thankful for it. It's like nobody ever told them. They had to get to like a surgeon who decided to research it on her own, right? I'm like, we got to get to these people. Yeah, absolutely. So now for the men in the audience, we're going to help you guys learn how to pleasure your female partner the best way you can. We'll start off with five tips for you guys that you can take home and use to spice up your sex life. So the first one that we're going to talk about is scheduling time for sex. So what do you mean by scheduling time for sex, Kelly? Well, if we think about it, we when we were younger, we scheduled time for sex, right? Maybe that partner wasn't available in our house. We were like, Friday's going to be a date. Maybe there's going to be sex. And so we had that anticipation and we didn't have any pressure until then, right? So you had this one time you were looking forward to, you knew you were going to be dedicated to it. And it was a, a big turn on to schedule sex that way. Then now enter maybe a relationship, maybe it's a monogamous relationship, you guys are living together, and we have this like myth that we should just like have it whenever, all the time, but we don't, right? We're always too busy doing other things, but if you take it back into scheduling it and say, hey, Sunday, let's do this at 2 p.m., then you're like, that's my protected time to do it. It's kind of like exercising, right? You're like, we could really work out whenever we wanted to, but we don't. So if you schedule it and you're like, my workouts are this exact time, you're much more likely to actually get it done and focus on the task at hand. Some of the best moments in life are spontaneous, unplanned. But for men dealing with moderate to severe erectile dysfunction or ED, preparing for intimacy can rob you and your partner of spontaneity. The joy of living in the moment. Now you can restore that spark in your relationship with the AMS 700 implant a clinically proven permanent solution designed for your satisfaction and your partners. It's the number one physician-preferred implant. 
It's built to look and feel natural. Happy Partners agree. 92% of patients and 96% of their partners report sexual activity with the implant excellent or satisfactory. It gives you the ability to respond to your partner's wishes in the moment, not minutes or hours later. The AMS 700. No pills, no injections, no waiting. For more information, visit edcure.org slash podcast. That's E-D-C-U-R-E dot O-R-G slash P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Sponsored by Boston Scientific. Yeah, and I think for female partners, right, there's this this thing where like people expect us all to have the spontaneous desire, which, you know, maybe as a younger person you had because your, you know, your hormones were raging. But now as an adult, it's not necessarily there all the time. It takes some effort. One model of sexual function is desire has to come first. So a lot of women feel like they're broken and they don't go have sex because they don't have desire for it. But really, my whole theory is desire isn't even necessary for a healthy sex and a healthy relationship. So if you schedule it and you say, you might even look forward to it, or you might just say, you know what, I'll like it once I get there. That's my time slot to have it. Yes. So guys, schedule it. Just say, like, you know, go up to your female partner and say, look, I I really want to make a special night for us or a special daytime, whatever works for you. And and I really want to make this special for us. So can we plan to do this at this time and have open communication with them? Because then they'll have time to get excited about it. Totally. The other thing it does is it takes all the pressure off all the other days, right? Because a lot of women with low desire or when you have mismatched desire in a relationship, they're always worried, like, is today going to be the day? Am I going to have to say no again? People don't like telling people no, right? So you take all the pressure off of all the other days so you can just be together, not sexually on those days. So it's really it's really nice for that, too. Yes, that's awesome. I love that. So another thing that I think a lot of guys don't know is the very intricacies of female anatomy. So why don't you expand on essentially what is the homologs or the similarities between male and female anatomy and how that plays in? Yeah, so we all started out embryologically the exact same way, right? And so the, the labia on the outside is the homolog of the scrotum in the male, and the clitoris is the homolog of the penis. The myth is that the vagina is where women have pleasure. Now you can, you can touch the clitoris through the walls of the vagina, but the vagina in and of itself is not the organ of sexual pleasure in women. It is the clitoris. And the clitoris is horrifically neglected. Well, think about your sex education if you got any in school. The female sexual organs are usually like the ovaries and the uterus, which don't aren't involved in much pleasure at all, right? So really nobody gets taught that if the penis is what men use to get pleasure, the clitoris is what the women use to have pleasure. Yes, absolutely. And so the head of the clitoris is like the head of the penis. And it actually has an extension that goes back just like the penis is extended. So a lot of women actually don't get vaginal orgasms. What's the percentage, Kelly? Oh, straight up vaginal orgasms is like 20%. It's really, really low. And the women who do have orgasms with vaginal penetration, it is thought is because they're getting clitoral stimulation from it. Yes. So absolutely, guys. So don't feel like you're doing something wrong because it's very uncommon to get vaginal orgasms. You have to focus your energy on their pleasure organ, which is the clitoris. And if you're interested in your partner, female partner, being more interested in sex, her having a good time in the bedroom is where it's at. If you just do penis and vagina sex and she doesn't have a good time and she doesn't have pleasure, she might be less interested in getting to the party in the first place. 
Yeah. So all these videos are like thrust this way or thrust that way. I mean, they're probably getting to the point where you're trying to, you know, get some clitoral stimulation from the vagina or the quote unquote G spot. Is that like a real thing, Kelly? It depends upon who you ask. It's this. It's not actually a spot that you can like surgically cut out, but it's on the anterior upside of the vagina, kind of underneath where the urethra and bladder is. And it really does stimulate the clitoris more that way. So again, it's not really the vagina. That's the goal. It's stimulating the clitoris, the periurethral complex. It's named after a doctor, Dr. Graffenberg, I believe. Um, and so some people are like, yes, that's everything. And some people are like, whatever, just involve the clitoris and you don't have to like find certain spots. Yeah. <sighs> Yes, yes. So I, I think it's great if you can get your partner to have a vaginal orgasm, but if you really focus on the clitoris, that's where it's at. Absolutely. And the other thing I tell people is it, it's an outside job, right? I think a lot of men think deeper, harder. No, no, no. This is a woman. She needs to be treated differently than how a man might need to uh, have stimulation to have an orgasm. So focus on the outside structures. Yes. So also, I think that because it's different for men and women, we talk about how you want to really pleasure your woman in the bedroom is number three. It's not about you. It's about her. So prioritize her orgasm so that she can enjoy the process and in turn want to pleasure you as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And some things work better than penises do as far as penises are kind of big dub animals, right? Hands are great. Mouths are great. Vibrators are great. There are other things that are designed better than penises to give a woman pleasure. I just called penises big dumb animals. <laughs> you, you had said something like, use your hands in your mouth, and if they get tired, use something battery powered. Is that right? Yeah. That would... We have technology for a reason, right? Like, we could walk around barefoot, but shoes are amazing. Same thing for, for stimulating women. It's like, we've got the things we we're born with, but we've got plenty of great technology that works well now. Yes. And your partner will thank you for it. So honestly, uh, this is something that will really spice up your sex life. Women want to feel desired. They want to feel taken care of. They want to feel like somebody's giving them attention and pleasure. Those are all great skills to bring into the bedroom. Absolutely. And then number four is how do you approach sex? So I made a video recently about like how long penetrative sex lasts on average, and it was about a little over five minutes. Uh, but that doesn't mean that that's the entirety of sex. So let's talk about number four, which is go slow with sex. Yes. Yeah, so the data shows that women take 30 to 50 minutes from start of turn on to orgasm. Women or men take about three to five minutes. So that's a horrible mismatch. And here's the other thing. Women or people will be like, why do women take so long? Just thinking that thought makes you realize you're thinking in a very male-centric way. Why is the male the dominant or default time it's supposed to take, right? How fabulous and lucky are we that we can take 30 minutes to have pleasure? So think about women's pleasure in a very different way and don't always try to fit it into the male perspective of what should happen. The other thought on that is a lot of people really have narrow views of what sex is. In our society, sex is traditionally the penis and vagina sex. Sex starts when the penis goes in the vagina and it ends when he has orgasm. And then if she didn't get her turn or her joy, well, that, then she has a problem, right? To turn that paradigm around and to say intimacy and sex involves all touch of all over the body. And the penis and the vagina is only one little part of it. The majority of women will have orgasms without needing that penis in the vagina. Yeah, absolutely. So I know it's it's kind of challenging for some guys because you may have issues with premature ejaculation. If that's the case, 
certainly go see a urologist. We can help you with that. Check out my other video on uh, premature ejaculation where I react to an episode of Sex and the City. I talk a little bit about that. But if you have normal ejaculatory function and you're able to delay your pleasure, it will really pay off for your partner and really pay off for your sex life. Yeah, I think, you know, if you can take the penis and vagina and maybe save it for later, work on the female's pleasure first with your other tools, with your other toys, with outside stimulation, save that for later and really expand your view of what sex means. Because we live in a very male-centric society and it's really hurting women in the bedroom. Yes. And so that brings us to our last point, which is use lube. And I will tell you that so many people don't use lubricant, but it is amazing. So Kelly, you talked to us a little bit about what kind of lubes we should use. Yeah, so there's lots of different types of lube. And before we talk about that, I want to dispel some myths, right? I want to dispel the myth of if she's not wet enough, it means she's not having a good time. Or because she's wet, it means she's having a good time. What the lubrication that a woman can produce has nothing to do Sometimes it has something to do, but oftentimes it has nothing to do with how turned on she's, she is, how much she is attracted to you. So don't use her wetness as a measure of anything. Lubrication will only add to that moisture. We're trying to stop any sort of pain or friction that's bad. Friction that's good, orgasm. Friction that's bad, pain and doesn't want to have sex, right? So lubrication just makes everything glide more. People who use lubrication have more orgasms, have more pleasure in the bedroom. Of course, they've studied this because lube is like a billion-dollar company uh, or industry. So there's water-based lubes, which are really easy to clean up. Those are your over-the-counter. I think those are your, like, you know, bottom-of-the-barrel budget. At a bare minimum, use water-based lube. Your higher-end lube is silicone lube. Caution this with some sex toys that are silicone-based. But uh, with the really high-end sex toys, they, it tends to be okay. I just don't want anybody to, like, wreck their expensive tools. Um really nice because it's longer lasting, right? Silicone doesn't get absorbed into the skin, which is why it's great, especially in that perimenopausal, menopausal skin that tends to be more dry. So silicone lube's awesome. Watch if you spill it on the floor. It's very, very slippery and I don't want anybody to hurt themselves. So watch if you're using it in the shower or in the bathroom. Then there's some oil-based lubes. There's hybrid lubes, which are a combination of water and silicone. So you get best of both worlds. I see young women, young women in their early 20s, they come in to see me for pain with sex. The first question I had, I never ask, do you use lube? I always ask the question, what type of lube do you use? Because I really want to normalize that it's part of a healthy sexual function. And a couple of women, they'll say, well, my boyfriend told me I shouldn't need to use lube. And here she is coming to see a surgeon because she's having pain with sex. To me, I'm like, we've got to get the word out. Like lube is to help people have pleasure, to avoid pain, to make sex fun. It's cheap. Use lube. Guys, do you ever find yourself dragging through the day, low on energy, having trouble in the bedroom, or just not feeling like yourself? You might be experiencing something more common than you think, testosterone deficiency or low T. Did you know that low testosterone affects about 40% of American men over 45? As men age, testosterone levels continue to decline. You might notice signs like impotence, changes in sexual desire, depression, reduced muscle mass, or even fatigue. But here's the thing. It's not just about low T. It's about your overall well-being. That's where Rethink Testosterone comes in, a great resource for all men to learn about how testosterone affects their bodies. Rethink Testosterone is your go-to platform with tons of educational content and evidence-based scientific studies that go over everything you want to know about testosterone. 
from how low testosterone affects you to the common myths about testosterone replacement therapy and options for treatments. So check out RethinkTestosterone.com, your hub for all things testosterone and low T. Rethink Testosterone is on a mission to change the narrative and stigma around men's hormone health. Why wait? Visit RethinkTestosterone.com today and consider checking your testosterone levels. Always remember you're worth it. Rethink testosterone because understanding your health is the first step to owning it. Head to www.rethinktestosterone.com today and make taking care of your body a priority. Yeah, absolutely. And there's different kinds of lube. Even within those categories, there's different kinds of lubes that you can try. There's warming lubes, cooling lubes, um, and and you you can kind of have fun with it. I would caution that if you use water-based lubes, you need to reapply depending on how long you're having sex for. Um, because it does dry up. And so they're great to use, but just make sure that you're using them liberally and often. Yep. And, and her wetness doesn't mean anything about, so there's something called arousal desire mismatch, right? So she can be desiring sex, but she doesn't have the moisture down there. And that can happen more and more with age as estrogen levels drop and that skin becomes more dry. So the arousal desire mismatch means she might be very interested in sex and just not have the lubrication she needs to protect those sensitive structures. Another thing to think about is desire mismatch in a relationship. Oftentimes, stereotypically, but not always, the man has a higher sex drive than the woman does. That doesn't mean that the woman is the broken one in the scenario. It just means she's desiring some level of sex and a guy's desiring more. Very, very common. People think that, that their relationship's broken over that. Most people have desire mismatch in their relationship because it's two people trying to get along in the world, right? Like I like Cheerios and he likes oatmeal. It's okay. We're two different people. What we need to do is meet in the middle and match and to say, hey, working with these two desires, how can we make it satisfying for both people? And the man knowing he, he doesn't have to get all of his pleasure, enjoyment, and orgasms from the woman, right? He certainly can involve her and maybe in some self-pleasure or alone time. But take the pressure off of the low desire person. The low desire person doesn't want to say no all the time, right? They just feel like, oh, I can't go to that higher level. I don't like running marathons and my husband likes, you know, running. Doesn't For me to try to run marathons would be a huge stress on me, right? It's simply just not what I want to do. So desire mismatch, communicate about it and you're going to get a lot farther than trying to avoid it. And that's my last tip is communication skills. Talking about intimacy, what it means to you, what you want, the type of intimacy you want to have or trying new things is really important and part of how people build intimacy in their relationships. Tips for communication, do it outside the bedroom, do it while clothed, perhaps over lunch or a cup of coffee and revisit it. It doesn't go well the first time because we've never gotten trained in how to communicate about sex. It's really uncomfortable for a lot of people. So know that the communication can be ongoing. And if you look at people who have successful, happy sex lives, they're communicating. It's absolutely essential. Yes. And, and you know, as you mentioned, communication can be super awkward at times for, for yourself and your partner. And just don't take it personally, like if they react in a funny way when you bring it up because they just feel awkward. So just take some time and and open this up, but try not to get personally offended and just keep at it because this is what you need for a very happy, healthy sex life and happy, healthy relationship. Totally. Another communication tip is make it about you, meaning I feel I want more intimacy instead of you don't want to have sex enough. So just make sure the tone on that is very much inclusive about your needs and not what's wrong with the other person. You're going to get way farther with that with that talk. 
Awesome. And guys, if your partner is having issues in the bedroom, have them see a urologist, um, ideally someone who specializes in sexual health, but to see a urologist and we're more than happy to help you get through some of the issues that your spouse may be feeling. And of course, yourself as well. We're always happy to help men who are having issues with erections, ejaculation, all of the above. Totally. Other tips for that is to see a sex therapist. You can go to the ASEC website, A-A-S-E-C-T, the American Association of Certified Sex Therapists, I think. They're exceptional. They're basically therapists that are just comfortable talking about sex. They work a lot with desire mismatch, low desire, even premature ejaculation. So it's a great another tool if you don't have a urologist near you who's expertise to seek out a sex therapist. Yes. Awesome. Thank you for listening to today's episode on the Rena Malik MD podcast. If you enjoy listening, the best way to support our podcast is by rating and reviewing this podcast on your favorite podcast platform. This allows us to spread free education to more people each and every week. You can find me on social media on all the platforms at Rena Malik MD, including YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you'd like to see me as a patient, you can easily schedule an appointment at www.renamalikmd.com backslash appointments. And as always, remember to take care of yourself because you are worth it.